Uh, why do I feel like Rhode Island is breaking your legs with a monocle on? <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounds like. It's like you're getting beaten by somebody with a four-year degree. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. still the mafia. It's still the mob. But it's Rhode Island, so they've got a monocle on or something like that. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Excellent food. Excellent, excellent food. My mother-in-law is from Italy. She comes here and just breaks the kitchen down like nobody's business. It smells, it smells like spaghetti for like a month after. But there's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, well, welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and we are joined today by Adam Butler, a recognized psychedelic philosopher, combines academic intellect with profound empathetic understanding and personal resilience. Appreciate you being on the show today. How are you doing today, Adam? I'm wonderful. As we were discussing prior to our recording, every day is beautiful when you, you've kind of seen that light. <laughs> or if you want to You're not wrong. Um, seeing that light is something that we're all capable of, but it is a is a unique journey to each individual. You can't turn somebody else's light on. You can just give them the power to do it themselves. Well, and also discussing in the name of your, your show, um, the, you know, the tragedy aspect of it. You, you have nothing without the darkness. And, and ultimately, you know, that's what we're, we're going to discuss is not only the, the light. And, and once again, there's a million ways of describing that, but also the bullshit that you have to go through, the, the darkness, the loss, the whatever and we all have our own stories but um yeah it's it's the the both both aspects uh and you can't have one without the other no you can't um gary you're here today how's it going brother you're still getting warnings are you on chrome it's the the dmt entities fucking with you technical difficulties are part well, of the whole entire endeavor it's you know so we were talking about the synchronicities of lining it up, but but so is the bullshit like that, right? So it's it's almost it's, it's a perfect metaphor for life and everyday struggles. And whether you're three years old, thirty, or eighty, you know we all have our own daily stuff to get through. Uh, yeah. So no, you're, you're not wrong with the podcast. No, you're not wrong. I mean, <laughs> the world of of podcasting and the way that the globe has actually shrunk with the ability to look each other in the eyes and and understand and and feel people from different locations is amazing but at the same time it is rife with tons of technical difficulties and situations but i've found that the closer that i am to something important the more technical difficulties i get and that's just a personal observation but it's like um like using like a gaming analogy you know when you get to the end of the level you you have the the main character or the obstacle or the you know the monster that you need to defeat and I kind of approach the the monsters in my life like that, where it's like, all right, so, you know, to your point, when there's something like that that's pushing you or struggling, um, that you're struggling with, well, that indicator light comes on. To me, I know it's, it's time, it's towards the end of that level, which means leveling up. Um, you know, it, it means getting to that next point. So I, I, I lean into those moments. Oh, you have to. Knowing that. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's, it's actually. Well, going, going into rooms and, and calling bullshit on, on, or calling the elephant out of the room. Um, it's it's doing that with with the the crap in your life too, where don't run from it. You lean into it and learn from it and then overcome it. And then you get that badge to move on and, and ideally never have to do that again. Yeah, you see analogy for me, um, because meditation is my psychedelic um of choice. My first psychedelic of choice I would sit down <clears> with. <throat> and I use a rope analogy and 
in that all of the issues that you traverse throughout life have an option. And if you were the proverbial rope, then you would have the opportunity at said tragedy or situation to either A, go through it, or B, tie a knot in your rope and go back and get it later. Right? But what happens? Not after not, after not, after not, you become an unusable rat's nest of rope. Right? And you're that oddly, the it's it's a great analogy for what you would be in real life. You're not useful in that state either. So the rope is unusable. Mm-hmm. So I find that meditation and psychedelics and things like that allow you to contemplate inside of that knot and start to unravel and find the root causes that you had left behind throughout your travels or your endeavors in life, if that makes any sense. Oh, it's a perfect analogy. And it's true. I, I use the analogy about plaque, um, that we're all bogged down with plaque. Mm. So kind of same thing. You're constricted with knots. And, and you know, I, I see that analogy. So that rope is then shortened. It can't be used. You can't use it. For, Correct. You know, it, it renders it useless where uh, if you could just undo the knots where, you know, with that plaque analogy, if you could just get that shit off mm-hmm. you. And sometimes you need a chemical removal. Sometimes you need a mechanical removal. Uh, and, and to your point too, meditation and psychedelics, I think both get you those those abilities to clear they that stuff away or thing. those knots. Um, so is same exercise connection to, to God or spirit or whatever that may be? Uh, you're not wrong. Intimate relationships. You get the release of those non, types you know, of chemicals of those in your brain the closer that you get to self. The more that you Absolutely. are in that transcendental moment where you're observing breath or, you know, contemplating self from outside of self, you start to get, you know, in tune with greater understandings. I don't necessarily because today we're going to talk about DMT and we're not promoting any kind of illegal drug use or anything of that nature, but we are going to go pretty far down the rabbit hole, so to speak, for some people. To me, I think that that's giving it a negative connotation. I feel like it's been something that's been bastardized, hidden, probably for good reason. Um, If you're in a nefarious intentions person, you know, in the government, maybe, I don't know. Um, That's a whole nother episode. Go see Joe Rogan. Um, I'm sure he'll go over it. Not that I love what he says. I just don't try to get too polarizing here. Um, but DMT and, you know, meditation do walk a, a path beside each other. They both give you that self-actualization, that self-realization, and they, they gives you an ego death of, you know, a sort, um, under psilocybin or DMT or 5-MeO-DMT or marijuana or any of those hallucinogens that allow you to find yourself. Today, you're here to discuss your experiences and your own book um, about your experiences with DMT. I am. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, first, I want to say, I've never heard it called, say that meditation is your, your uh, favorite psychedelic. And I agree with that. And, and I think that's a, a beautiful way of learning it because I can get to a, a damn near psychedelic state just by breathing, meditating. Um, that quiet moment before I go to mm. sleep where, and, and, you know, I, fortunately I have access to, to shrooms or to DMT, you know, pretty much whenever I want. And it's so nice to not have to lean into those mm-hmm. chemicals or, or to alter your state where you, you know, you can do it, um, naturally. And then, you know, I guess perfect segue to, to then discuss DMT is the fact that it is endogenous. So you know, define endogenous because I don't body. think that that's a term that most people would um, understand commonly. 
Uh, so my understanding is that this means that it's produced naturally in your own body. Okay, excellent. Body, excuse me. There's my there's my accent for Gary, and that's where the book I'm from. Um, no, so you know, there, the different plant based medicines are, are, in my opinion, you obviously can't say safer than pharmaceuticals, but I like the fact that you're getting something from from nature. Um, but not only with DMT are you getting it from plant-based, either um, tree bark or ground up leaves, but like you said, it, it's also naturally produced in your own body. It, and from the studies that I've seen, my understanding is it's in thousands of plants and it's in a bunch of different mammals. And it's, you know, it, it's more, it, it's found throughout nature and in a bunch of different places. And and so it's it's more just like increasing what you already have. And, you know, in my understanding, that's that's why a lot of these studies have, have gone so deep into DMT because it's it's different from shrooms or ketamine or LSD uh, because it's, you can feel it. And I know, like we were talking about meditation, I know when I get into my deep, deep states of meditation, it is very similar to DMT and you smell it, taste it. It's a very distinct, like back of your nasal cavity sensation. Um, you know, maybe not the crazy like entity speaking, transcendental, oh shit, mind blowing, um, with the, the crazy psychedelic, you know, vibrations and stuff. But it's it's a deep, deep state where your your breathing slows, your heartbeat st- st- slows, excuse me. And it feels wonderful. It's euphoric. It's just static. It's I've awesome. always found it quite fascinating when people discuss the visualizations and the meetings with uh, entities and things like that. I've never experienced DMT personally. Um, it is on my list of things to experience at some point. Um, but I myself have a, I, I don't know, it's not a condition because we like to label things as conditions when they're first, you know, found out and not in the norm for everybody else's pattern of thinking or being or whatever it is. But um, it was brought up to me and then it turns out that I, I have something called aphantasia. Um, I thought that everybody in the world could imagine, when they say imagine this apple, right? That I was not aware that the rest of you could see an apple, right? In your mind's eye, so to speak, right? To me, I just thought it was a hypothetical hypothetical fucking apple, right? I just figured we were all doing that. I have no vision of anything except for in dreams. I can have dreams, I can have nightmares, I see that. But day to day, I don't have a conversation you know, or reference my mind to remember what something looked like. And I just know it. Uh, It's a different way. But we're starting to find out that more and more people have this um, type of thinking and that there's some people have a running dialogue. Some people have a ticker tape. Some people, you know, take things in a different... It's Everybody's got something different going on, right? And now we're finding that out. I think there was an architect that went under for some kind of surgery and he had like a, a... very keen and astute mind for architecture. He had the ability to picture everything that he put together. It was his, I don't know what the word here is, but it, it was his talent, right? So when he woke up from having, you know, that surgery, he began to panic because he no longer had the ability to see anything in his mind's eye. And that's when they were able to pinpoint that that's not necessarily, that he was still fine, but he just didn't have that capability anymore. And that led us to understand that the fact that it does exist, that people don't see things the same way when they close their eyes. So entities, visuals, when I see that stuff on a screen, they're like, this is trippy. 
I'm like, do you see that when you close your eyes? Holy shit. Um, so it's, it, it always fascinated me. Well, to keep with your apple analogy, like I, I can vividly just think about the last 15 apples that I've eaten over the last two months to know exactly what they look like. I could differentiate species, what type of wormholes are in each apple. I mean, my mind could go for literally 10 hours just visualizing from apple trees to the roots of the trees, to the leaves of the trees, to the season, like apple cider, apple, like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, all those things that you say, I just know if that makes sense. It's like, I can recall it. I can describe it, but I don't have the actual picture in my mind. It's a, it's a di different way to navigate life. I think it makes me more su subject to how people feel. Um, and how I, you know, take in information and, and, you know, digest what this human experience is. Oh, maybe that's what DMT will do for you. Blast you, right? Oh, shit, You'll man. Be I don't want all sorts of shit. That's like, that's like a, a young <laughs> yeah. boy getting his first taste of visualization in a, you know, porn magazine. Like, <laughs> I don't want it at that dose, man. <laughs> oh, that's great. You never get to experience something like that again, really. <laughs> like, as you're older. <laughs> thousand yeah, all at once. When's the last time you saw something or experienced something that was just like way crazy, like as an adult, like, wow, never, you know, it's like, doesn't happen that much, right? It's funny you say that. You asking me? No, just in general. And, yeah, no, either it, one of you guys. Well, you're you're yeah. not wrong. <laughs> Every fucking what day. We yeah. See, and what <laughs> we classify as an amazing experience is not necessarily missing from the day to day. It's still there. We've just become so mm. jaded to it. If you want a clear indicator of that, it's when you see someone that's colorblind and they receive those glasses that allow them to see color for the first time and they lose their shit and start crying and, and because of the beauty of everything they see, the fuck has been wrong with the rest of us? <laughs> like, if you want to know mm -hmm. how much you take for granted what is actually out there, just watch a couple of those videos and go, man, I don't appreciate color. Well, that's why you have the tragedy academy, right? I mean, really, like you got to, you have, that's the light to the, to the dark or the dark to the light. You know, you, unfortunately, a lot of people have to either lose something, get something taken away um, in order to really realize just how beautiful every breath can be. So what was that? But to me...
part of my story. Well, we all hit <laughs> so, our knees before we can grow and into a new tree, something stronger, something that leaves a legacy. You have to be on your knees to plant that seed in order for it to grow. So when were you or where were you on your knees when it was time to make that change? So for me, it, it was a culmination of like three or four major life events that all happened around 40 years old. Um, mm. And I, I write in my book, too, that I'm, I'm very cautious as I tell my story about it. It's not this woe is me type shit. Mm -hmm. I, I literally was raised with a silver spoon in my, in my mouth. I had every possible advantage. I had rich grandparents that gave me money. I had two awesome parents, uh, amazing friends. I went to college for eight years, traveled the world, had shit tons of money, owned a bunch of houses. Um, you know, I, I really had it, had it made. So there was no reason for me at all to be complaining or bitching about anything. Uh, but you mentioned you had struggled with alcohol and I, I, I could say that that was probably one of my biggest issues. Uh, so I'm just over three years sober now. And that, that was a major factor because I was just running from my problems. So instead of facing them, in, instead of turning around and saying, fuck you to those monsters or knocking off that black or untying those knots that we were just mentioning, uh, I just kept adding more and more and more. Uh, until really what ended up looking at the time to be the worst thing possible to happen has now turned into an absolute blessing. So the woman that I was with for seven and a half years, we, we own this beautiful three-story Victorian. We just put over $100,000 in renovations, uh, gourmet kitchen, beautiful spot by the water. Uh, I get a knock on the door one day from a constable. There was a restraining order saying, you need to leave the house right now. This woman basically saying all these horrible things about you and you need to get out of the house. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, he, you know, I was like, did you read this? He goes, no, I just dropped it off. Uh, I said, she's accusing me of some horrible shit. Now, I never put my hands on anybody. I've never put my hands on any man or woman. But at that, at that time, and I can look back in retrospect, I was a mean, narcissistic, belligerent fucking asshole. I was drunk all the time. I was using my size and, and my look to, to be intimidating. Um, she had two young daughters that I'd you know, grown up with for seven years. But I was just coming home full of just this nastiness. So I, I, and you know, if I, and I obviously haven't talked to her since, but, um, if I saw her, you know, I would ask and beg for her forgiveness. I apologize. Like I, I, she did exactly what she needed to do, which is get me the hell out of her life. Um, mm. but that was right before COVID started. So I left and the, the guy was like, listen, 20, 21 days, uh, you'll go to the judge and you'll figure it all out. At that point, I was like, well, the relationship is over. Um, I had already owned 15 houses. So to me, like the house wasn't anything. I was like, fuck it. I don't care. You know? sell the house, keep the house. I don't care. I'll, I'll move on. But because of COVID, all the courts shut down for non-essentials for a year, year and a half. So that just lingered where I was paying the mortgage. I had all this shit going on in this house that I couldn't get into. I couldn't. And that just, that, that was like the, the beginning of, I get to restructure my entire life. So I had no place to live, no relationship now. Oh shit. But I still had a really good high paying job, but I was still an alcoholic. Then I quit my high paying job because I was stressed out moved to the Cape, got an even better job, quit drinking, kind of got my life in order, um, met a new woman, everything was good. But then I was still running from my shit. And, but I had this camaraderie now with these guys. So now I kind of had the women thing, whatever. I'm like, I'm taking a break from women. I have this great group of guys who are making a shit ton of money. Um, then long story short, somebody fucked me over 900 bucks. And at that point I was making a bunch of money. So 900 bucks wasn't anything, but it was a matter of principle. It was a matter of integrity. It was like, how, how and I caught him doing something sneaky, taking, taking basically a commission that, that should have been mine. And, uh, it wasn't resolved the way that I thought that it should have. I got my 900 bucks back. It was proved that it was wrong, 
But this, this guy was just looking at me like I was the fucking asshole. So I threatened to kill him. And I don't say that lightly. Um, it's, I'm not an aggressive person. I, I'm, I, I take out insects when I see them. Like I said, I've never been in a fight in my life. This guy made me fucking snap. And he looked at me and was like, you know, I'll, I'll fucking kill you. And it got really serious really quick. And there were luckily two other people in the room that kind of settled it out. And I left that room, that meeting, that was on a Sunday. Monday morning, I left and I was like, I'm driving up to California to hug a redwood tree. At that point, I, I had a bunch of money. I didn't give a shit where I was going. I was like, I'm just fucking leaving. I'm heading west. Um, I drove 26 hours, got to Kansas City, Missouri. And then from there, I spent like a year and a half pretty much on the road. I went to like 40 states. I, I traveled. I lived on the beach in California for three weeks. I lived in my car. I went to Vegas, lived on the streets. Um, and, and I still lived on the streets. I had a shit ton of money because I was just, I was just, I was going out to figure out what was in my life. What did, what do I want to live for? Um, everything had gone to shit and the fuck, like I was just at that point I was done. I was, I, I was, I had given up on, on life. And I started getting into shrooms, um, started doing some pretty decent doses. And I, I really had some good, good results, uh, good therapeutic results. I was really getting some breakthroughs and, and getting through some of my horse shit. But I didn't have that 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 clarity that I needed, uh, and and that's when DMT was exposed to me. And it seems like a very common story. Anytime any needs DMT, it somehow falls in their lap, and that's kind of what happened to me. And uh, after I knew I had access to it, I did it three or four months worth of research research before I actually smoked it that day. Uh, and when I finally kind of like said, "All right, I'm going to do this," um, I went deep. And went really, really deep. Uh, I said in my book, I took like 50 hits that first day. And it was like seven, eight sessions. And each session was six, seven, eight hits. And I just rearranged all the shit in my mind. And I, I came out and um, I don't want to say it fixed everything, but I stopped banging my head against the wall. I, I knew what I needed to, to not run from. And I knew basically that the knots that I needed to untie. But as soon as I knew, to use your analogy, as soon as I knew I was tying knots in that fucking rope, it was like, all right, idiot, stop tying knots and then stop untying them. And then that's been two years now. And the books come out of it. My health has come out of it. Um, I'm content. I've got great relationships and my life's never been better. Getting that. Oh, sorry, that was a long, no, a long spiel. Uh, it's cathartic <laughs> it was a, though, isn't it? drawn out and then fucking. It, it's cathartic. Yeah, but it, it was a. When you're, when you're holding that long story that leads you to such a momentous feeling we want to make sure that we get it right um when the stake is the ability to give somebody else the knowledge to get to where you are um as we start to share these journeys and how we end up you know finding a greater love for ourselves that's what i'd like to call it um, more than anything is the love for ourselves, the, perf the perfectly imperfect, right? And there's an onus on us. And knowing yeah, that, knowing that. There's yeah. an onus on Beautiful. us to give that back in some way, shape, or form. And I can recognize that it gets, it, it'll choke you up when you recall it because that was a, a whole reality that consumes you before that date. And you get to look through a lens of empathy. I've been 
in meditation, I've had something bizarre lately. And Gary, you can laugh at all the hell and back at me for this one. But I... I've, snow globe? No, no snow globe. Um, okay. This time, I just found myself constantly falling on myself laying in a fetal position with no clothes on like a child. And being forced to look upon myself over and over again with the empathy that that's who I am and I need to understand that. At the end of the day, I need to stop kicking, beating, treating myself that way because that's what I look like when I do that. Um, so that's been kind of in my head. I don't know, it looked like an alien movie when they find pods of people laying on the ground there all. <laughs> it's circled up, but that's uh, that's been my my situation lately. It's interesting, like, isn't it? Though to dissect what that you know what that means and be able to you know process what you you know to figure out what that means and then how to start fixing those issues. I think like people never really do that. I mean, I think more and more now as we've had different you know, psychedelic experts on, and I've met people you know that. And I grew up when people did acid and shrooms and stuff and whatever, micro dots or whatever they were at the time and just to party and trip out and stuff. And then I think, you know, over the years, um, people have, that I've met have started to do it for different reasons, you know, and find different values and different things out of it. And I think a lot of times they go in it with wanting to party or something like that. And then they come out of it with something they weren't expecting and then figure out how to use it as part of life. So think whether it's you know whatever type of substance as long as it's healthy or meditation or whatever i think more people need to start finding something um you know that helps them because i think a lot of people are complacent they go through work it's okay job's okay their life's okay um and they don't ever hit rock bottom or have a, you know something like that or you know i've had different things and we all kind of have but I think uh, people don't see it as that a lot. They're like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. Everything's just okay. And they never deal with anything because they're not homeless. They're not, you know, dying. So it's like they're all right. And uh, they never progress. They never get better. They never get any of the shit taken care of. They find ways to cope with it, whether it be working out too much or drinking too much or deflecting or prescription pills. Mm. Yeah, I mean, pills are... I think alcohol and pills, the two the things. The two that, worst things you could possibly get mixed up in. Yeah. Um, they're used to cope. But, but, and that, in the, yeah. in the most, the most common. Mm. Yeah. And that's, the, that's you know, the somebody would, would hear us or, and I, and I agree, we should, we should, you know, have somewhat of a disclaimer that, you know, psychedelics aren't for everybody. And it is something you, you do need to do your due diligence. And, um, yeah, you should have a therapist long before fact, you go down the journey of psychedelics. <laughs> too thorough research for sure. But the fact that people just haphazardly take prescriptions from a guy that's just pushing pills and then you, it says right on it, don't take Carl. with alcohol. And then they all take it with alcohol. Yeah. Carl um, gives well, me my pills and I'm just going to take it. This is an upper. Okay, thanks, Carl. I'm going to move on with my life. It's not your best way to ingest your uh, your drugs. But people don't even question it. It's just, it's a normal way of numbing it. So it, it's just, there is no high, high. There is no low, low. It's just this constant, just dull it, you know, with these blinders on. I don't want blinders. I, I want to see the minutest of details of everything. And then I'll make the decision if it's important mm. or not. But don't don't just arbitrarily take it out of my my sight of vision. It's ingrained in us. You know, you're a kid and you have a headache, you get a child's Tylenol, Flintstones vitamin. Uh, you know, you get a toothache, you take a pill, you take a pill, you take a pill. 
obviously alcohol, you go to the ball games or nightclub, like everybody just drinks, it's a thing and it's acceptable. You know, somebody goes out to the bar every night after work and drinks, like, yeah, it's not, that's just, you know, Jimmy drinks a little bit, you know, if, if somebody does DMT every day, like, well, what's that? Oh, you got to smoke that? Oh, wow. Like that's drugs, <laughs> you know, but then, but they'll take Zoloft and Xanax and Adderall and fucking all this other shit that no one knows what's in Adderall. They, they, they takes it. No one knows what's in Zoloft or sand. Like no, no one does the research. Actor says, take this during the day to get you up and take this during the night to get you down. And then you're fucking for 20 fucking years and your brain's mush, you know? But it's not meth. It's not heroin. We don't use them correctly. But, yeah. Those pills are... You guys are telling us... Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I was saying, you guys were saying the story the other day about one of your buddies went to Germany and broke their leg or something like that. And like, you know, the doctor's like, well, yeah, just stay off your leg for four to six weeks. Like, if you stand <laughs> up, does genius. it hurt? Yep. Well, when you lay down, is it... But no shit. It's like common sense. If you recover, it's going to take... If, if you can recover in four to six weeks, man, that means your your body's great. Like, you, you should be happy as hell that your body did that. But to just... No, take this. And I mean, I, I had horrible hemorrhoid surgery. It was fucking awful. And the doctor's like, well, you can get this, 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 or this. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'll, I'll wait it out. I, I mean, I need to know if my body feels horrible or not. Th right? Those are the, the the check engine signs or the change oil signs. So you, yeah. why are you shutting off the indicator lights? Um, but that's what most people do with alcohol and prescription <laughs> pills is just mask all that shit. Alcohol yeah, uh, is the umbrella of depression. It will hold you underneath the clouds and it'll give you cover temporarily from the rain, but you will never elevate above it. You will always be beneath the clouds. You're just getting temporary reprieve from whatever situation you're in. You have to do something that's elevating to bring you above the clouds to look around and survey your situation. Sorry, Gary, yeah. please. Yeah. And there's a yeah. lot of company there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Misery do is the same shit. very yeah. comfortable with others. Yeah, I yeah. stopped drinking years ago. You know, I'll have yeah. I'll have a wine or a beer, or something like that. Uh, very rarely, but you know, I've tried a lot of different substances in my life, and alcohol is the one that's like ruined opportunities, yeah. put my life at risk. I've gotten in hundred, literally a hundred fights when I was drunk. Probably I fought cops, I fought <laughs> my friends. Like I've, you know, if I smoked weed or you know had ate some shrooms or whatever, like I'm not going outside and looking for a fight. Like I'm not wiling the fuck out. I'm not driving, you know, I think, well, this is not a good time to drive. Like I'm drunk, you know, back in the day, you know, I'm talking 15, 20 years ago, but God, it's fucking roll, you know? And my friend's he's like, you can drive road sodas mm -hmm. and you're, you're drinking and dr yeah. drinking and drive. Yeah. I used to do that all the time. Yeah. Everybody so, did. For 20 years of my adult life. I don't think I, I mean, 90% of the time I drove, I had open containers in my car. Fucking disgusting. Yeah. With, with kids in the car too. Yikes. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, you, you know what you want? You, well, you brought up something. You kept bringing up the point that you had money, yet you were in this situation. And it's almost as if you were you were letting people know that I did have a way to take care of myself, but I was still down and out. And I think that that's a fantastic thing to point out. Money doesn't do shit when it comes to that inner turmoil. If it's your turn to be in the fucking chopping block, you're going to be on it, whether you've got a stack of Benjamins or a stack of fucking cans of beans. It's fucking, it's an equal opportunity situation. Money is going to afford you the opportunity to be able to get to different levels of care in different situations. But socioeconomic really is not uh, the definitive marker for whether or not you're going to cope with your trials and tribulations well or whatever you're going through it's 
it's a fingerprint, man. Everybody's got one and they got to go through it on their own terms. And money don't do shit for you, except for maybe give you more ways to keep yourself from facing it. draws it out I mean, you know if you have money and you could be on drugs for 10 years 15 years you could figure out ways to like make it look like you're not you could like you could mm. you know there's a lot of different ways that you can cover shit up if you got money i think and white corporate it, america is drunk as shit yeah i mean i was i was talking to a friend recently and she was telling me like that her friend is very successful corporate job whatever and she's like hey you want to rail some fucking adderalls and starts breaking in like what and like, I know a lot of, I know a lot of people that do that. Like yeah. they fucking sniff Adderall. I like the taking them, you know, runs out of the kick. You lose the kick and it just becomes like medication. And then people are doing that. Like if the same person, if I broke out meth or cocaine, they'd be like, oh, you're fucking disgusting. Not that I would ever do that, but they'll break up Adderall. I'm like, it's completely identical. It's the same fucking thing. It's just sold by a different person, a different form. But like, they would think you're crazy if you did meth, but yeah. like, them and their corporate buddies like Sniff Adderall on the weekend. Pino. Yeah, say that. So yeah, like fucking is this Thunderbird or is it fucking <laughs> Chateau fucking whatever? You know, Chateau, blah, 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 blah. You Just know, it's you like, have a tie so, on doesn't make this fucking acceptable, you son of a bitch. Yeah, it's, it's crazy though how like the the marketing of it, you know, and everything. It's like people still think it's bad to smoke weed, but they'll fucking get shit face drunk every day or at least once a week, you know. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's all, but the, the, the pills and the alcohol combined <sighs> and, and not to keep pressing that button, but it's like, yeah, that, that's definitely not, not the route. Um, but I think like the, the big picture, whether it, you're 20 years old, 40, 60, 80, going through whatever you're going through in life. And, and I think we, we all are going through our own, our own story and narrative, but the commonality is a lot of people look for outside solutions to their inside problems. Mm. And I think that was that was the major shift that I think anybody can do, whether it be through a, a blast of psychedelics, whether it be through meditation, whether it be through extreme loss. Um, it's just a decision to not be like, oh, I need another job. I need a, a new hot girlfriend. I need some more money. If I only got that car, if I only could whatever. It, it, you're always looking for something outside of you where, in my case, as soon as I realized, and it's horrible to say, as soon as, as soon as I could say, well, you're a narcissistic, mean, belligerent, drunk. And, and, I, and I hate to keep beating myself up like that because now I'm, I'm the exact opposite of all those things. But it took me to look at inside to be like, well, there's my problems. I've, I've got the money. I've got the house. I've got the women. I've got the cars. I've got all the status you could possibly want. All the issues inside. Then as soon as I realized, well, all right, now, you know, I still have a, a big pile of crap that I have to work through. But now I know where to work on it. And if it's not looking for some outside person to save me, it's 
it's going to come from my own my own something work, that with you my embrace own with my own it's demons. enjoyable to find those it is hidden gems underneath the pain you know when you have that moment where you get to pick that up and be like well that's what causes this man thank fucking god because i can go ahead and get rid mm-hmm. of this problem now or this way that i react mm-hmm. to these things um people right. people don't understand that that is part of the entire journey is you get to turn those over those stones over and go ah okay yeah that's why i'm acting like this kind of asshole in this particular situation or that's why i'm doing it's all fear-based but that's a whole nother conversation right self-preservation in the form of any any type of interaction with anyone that makes you feel uh physical or mental pain right you just come up with ways to fucking change your reality and spin it in a way that it doesn't hurt anymore you become comfortable mm. with it you know and you mentioned the term and we didn't have a deep enough you know discussion on the, the term like ego death i don't think and it's not necessarily in my opinion ego death i think it's like e- ego observation mm. where yes you it, it's you, you understand the demons that are in your mind and in your brain and you let them speak you let them say that peace but then you put them in the right compartment you, you know you don't let them run the show and with me it was just a matter of seeing those demons but then to say also and i love how you guys talk very openly with with all your guests about the natural beauty of one another, how we all have our own unique light and our own unique story and just show it as you are, be comfortable in your own skin, as, as eclectic and as unique and weird Jeez. as you are. That's beautifully how you have to be. Um, and and it, it, to everybody needs to just understand that. And then, then, you, then you can start working on that unique, authentic self. There's so many people are trying to be not all their authentic self. And that's what I was was doing. And not that I was trying to keep up with the Joneses or anything like that, but it was just this constant rat race of more money, more things, more houses, more shit, more. And then th- now I have none of those things and I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been because now I'm living completely within. So if I have any internal issues, it's worked on immediately. And, and not to say I don't have any issues now, but I, I don't have... I don't have any issues. Now. Right. Well, I'm broke. And, I'm poor. I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm working for 20 bucks an hour when I used to make a thousand bucks a but day. The fact um, of the matter is, but I'm happier than I've ever you, been. You don't, you've actually <laughs> found where to place value on what happiness actually is. It's not Absolutely. a matter of changing your, you know, your state of economic bliss. It's a matter of changing the fact that money doesn't do shit for you except for buy you more shit or allow you to help others. That's one of the cool things that yeah. you do find out is that um, there's a process to all of it. There's a flow. If you open a pipe and you provide no resistance, what happens with the water or the liquid? It comes out the other side. If you remove guilt, materialism, and shame, and whatever you're using to use those bio survivability tickets to protect yourself with, the moment that all of that gunk is out of that pipe, Every all the money flows that way. Other people's money flows your way because their pipe is clogged because you've become a conduit for doing things good. You've become mm-hmm. that person that is giving back. So why wouldn't the money come to you? Because it's serving its greatest purpose. It's so obvious, yet it's so hidden. It's a pendulum swing it really and it will, it will come back. I mean, um, and, and to know everything is going to, ebb and flow and and that's that's okay that that's that's an opportunity to learn once again lean lean into it um i know money and opportunity will will come mm-hmm. again and when it comes i'll be happy uh, right now i'm gonna enjoy all the other things that i have to be grateful for which is a million things so no, i i love that i absolutely love that 
And there's a million things more to to be grateful for. Um, I'm curious. So you've been living in this psychonaut world for the last, uh, you know, three or four years. Two years. Um, you've probably kept your eye on what the legalities are and the areas that are bringing, um, you know, or fighting the fight to bring this to, um, you know, a legal state where people can utilize it for mental health reasons or spirituality or whatever it may be. Um, what have you heard about that? Where do you see this going? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm in New England, so that we're pretty comfortable around here. Like there's a, my understanding is legislation in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts that are, that are Look, looking to legalize um, shrooms and psilocybin. I believe ayahuasca too, because it's a, a plant-based medicine. Um, there's ketamine available around here. As far as legality of it, that's, that's, I don't think I'm educated enough to know the ramifications on either side. Because we were just talking about legal alcohol, legal pills, legal, you know, <laughs> yeah. so I don't think, I, I think majority of people should not do psychedelics. I think most people should stay the fuck away from DMT. I don't think, you certainly shouldn't, it shouldn't be something everybody should have access to. But I also don't think, Somebody should go to jail for the rest of their life because they they are growing shrooms or they made a batch of, of ayahuasca. I agree. Um, you know, I, I think I, I think there needs to be some some just adult conversations about it. Um, I don't I don't think that all the, the the cops or the the people that I've talked to. I think as long as you're not selling it, you're not trying to distribute it, you're not trying to push it on people. Like like in my circle. Not one dime has ever been exchanged for anything ever. Like, it, there's, why there's would no you want to commercial you, value? Yeah. There's if no. If you know what um, somebody's going to obtain from it, then you've done it yourself. So you don't want to be the guy charging people for coming yeah, to no, you know reality for the first time or to find their place and you know all that relief. That'll be nine ninety nine, please. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's an it's an honor to share. It. <laughs> yeah, how do you put a price on that? You know, it's who gatekeeps um, fucking but, peace. That's that's where it, there is a, a a fine line, but right now, um, like in, in my book, uh, and and I can say it kind of confidently that I'm not, although fucking not, I'm would just stop running my mouth, um, but oh, everything is is legal to to purchase. So all all the plant based materials you can legally get shipped to the USA. Uh, all the other materials you you need to to make it are are easy and accessible. Um, it's it's a pretty straight straightforward process. So to me, that that's a safer thing to know that you're going literally from plant extraction in your own home or wherever you're going to do it and know to get the end product than just getting some some pill or some shot or some vaccination from a company and injecting it in your body uh do it with due diligence but it's it's a very simple easy process to to do so why why wouldn't you you know like i've i've made brew um homemade beer before like this is easier to make than that i've grown weed before this is way easier than than that if you're that scared do a retreat there's a yeah. lot of retreats well, out there that can actually help you if you're afraid that first time, so to speak. If you don't want to be the one concocting your own, you know, meal <laughs> and uh, standing there alone with it, find a retreat. There's a lot of ayahuasca retreats now all over the world that I know veterans use them now. They go to South America, they go to Central America, to Costa Rica, and probably a billion other places. Um because they work. Yeah. Uh, and and why wouldn't you? The the ability to free your mind from that stranglehold of depression, anxiety, and PTSD is liberating, right? To be able to do that um, in a moment. And that doesn't mean that it's gone. What it does is it makes you realize that you've been followed by something that has no true uh, material 
existence. They're like the uh, dementors of of the mind that have no ability to ever be grabbed. They really can't smack you. They can't do shit, but just sit there and look at you. But we'll sit there in fear of them. And once you get that chance to find yourself in that mix, you get to see that, Gary, you're actually inside of a snow globe and all those dementors are on the outside of it. And you're picking which one you want to pull in your globe and turn your life black. But in reality, you never had to grab any of them. They're just out there fucking hanging out. Everybody's got the same issues, the same the same fears, the same sick thoughts or good thoughts or whatever they are. I believe that it's he who picks it acts on it. And, and as soon as you know you have that power to say, fuck you all that you are, kind of choosing your own demon to go against battle, uh, get battle against, it's such an empowering this. moment. And, and they, whatever, whatever you, your entities or, or you know, the, the demons that you're battling, they know it. And the second you turn that script, you know, it's kind of like in the matrix, like when, as soon as he realizes like, oh shit. And, and it, the power dynamic shifts so instantly when, yeah, whether they're, you know, things that are stuck in your energy or that there's all this, you know, all these theories about what happens in reality and consciousness and shit like that, whatever type of interactions you're having, as long as you know, you're in control and you're, you're just playing the game and, and they know that I know that. The, it, and it's like you said, it's an empowering thing. So when those demons or, or uh, you know, negative thoughts come to the table and they want to have that conversation, it's like, cool, what do you sit down and have a conversation? It's not, oh, run, put on the lights, boogeyman's here, get scared. It's like, it's almost, I'm, I'm grateful for the communication. I'm grateful for the lesson I'm going to be learned uh, or be taught because clearly something's in my life for that reason. Yeah. And it switches it because it turns, it puts the, you know, they come in like a scary goblin and they're just a, a tiny little fucking pussy. It, it allows yeah. me to know that they're talking no matter whether I'm looking or not. So why does it matter if they're out there? It's like yelling at the sun for coming up every day, right? There's no <laughs> actual purpose in it. It's there regardless. It's going to be there tomorrow. It's going to be there next year. It's my fans. You know, let me walk through life mm -hmm. and let them look at me not paying attention to them, right? They're mm -hmm. going to be there. They're screaming their jeers and they're saying all the horrible shit they can or whatever. But there's really no backboard unless I fucking stand there and take it. Otherwise, it's just okay. flying around. It's like, you know, using racial epithets. They, they seem to hurt people so much and I, I hate them and I hate that they have the power. I just wish that people would realize that the moment that it has no power over them, the person using them will no longer throw it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. And it's true. Needs a target. Remove the target. Mm -hmm. The target's imaginary anyway. Turn it off. Whatever you fuck you want to do with it. It's literally imaginary. All hypothetical, all in thin air. I'm offended. What the fuck is offended? It's a feeling. Uh Right? And why do you want to hold on to that? That's like letting a squatter live in your head rent-free and taking dumps in every corner and you going, well, I don't know what to do with them. Like, fucking no. Get them out of there. Don't let them just hang out. Unless you're in California, then they could stay for years. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. weird out there, man. <laughs> yeah. That's like, you remember the um, California love with Dre and, and Tupac? Yeah. Do you remember the video where they're like out in the desert and just fucking all anarchy and it looks like Mad Max and the Thunderdome? 
Yeah. Like that's what I imagine California is, is very close to becoming. And then you have like Colorado and Oregon are the in vogue states. Free your mind. Everybody's going that direction. It's fucking pretty funny. Like <laughs> we're just post-apocalyptic now. Yeah. There is a, a consciousness shift or, or yes. a, I don't say consciousness shift, but like th th we're at this turning point where something's got to give. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's where psychedelics, I, I think, have a huge role in this, this turning point where it can't be red team, blue team. It can't be Trump against Biden. It can't be like, we, we have to all be humans on this planet and we all have to understand that resources are not limited. Uh, we can come together, we can disagree and have differing opinions, I'm sure. But, uh, it, it doesn't have to be this, this battle. Uh, and I think most people that do psychedelics come out with a, a greater sense of empathy, mm. a greater sense of sympathy, a greater sense of knowing themselves, a connection of one, a connection to source, a connection to all living things and beings. Uh, and I think that type of, of unity and connection with self and source uh, is, is missing in most people's lives. And psychedelics, I think, allow that. And that doesn't mean you have to do shrooms every week or, or you know, blast off the DMT like I did. And it doesn't even, and, and I'd love your, I, I'm going to steal that if I yeah, could please. about your, your favorite psychedelics is meditation. Uh, to sit and meditate, to pray, to, to go to the gym and have a nice session. Uh, all of those things mm. can bring you that, that same peace, but, but seek it. Take the time for yourself to do those things. Uh, you owe it you to know, yourself. The, the intention. You selfish Absolutely. asshole. If you don't do that, then you're denying the world yourself, your true authentic mm. self. If you're not taking care of yourself, then you're not giving what you were given back to the world. And that is true, authentic you selfish when you don't allow people to see who you for your true for who you truly are when you don't let people have that look at you then they have no ability to trust in their own look or their own authenticity as long as you wear the 80s fucking charlie brown mask everybody else is going to keep it on and just keep snapping the rubber band in the back on everyone right first person that takes it off everybody takes it off and breathes fuck so why don't you just take the mask off? Don't be fucking so egotistical and let people see you for the beautiful human that you are. There's my rant for the day. Nice. I like uh, Charlie Brown yeah. with the MF Doom mask better. Oh, uh, okay. Well, MF Doom, I can, deal, I can deal with that. But that fucking, those 80s masks were brutal. They were the most, they had like a, why did they not want us to have a full mouth hole? Did you notice that on those? It was always like a slit the size of like a sideways Band-Aid. <laughs> that you tried to stick your tongue yeah, through you and open it up. Yeah, you like, Yeah, that was my Christmas or my Halloween costume sometimes like when in a fucking freezing like snowsuit and the fucking plastic. <laughs> what does that look like? We, I lived in Florida. So the, you didn't, well, I didn't even have Halloween costumes. I was one of those poor kids that managed to get like pink hairspray or something. And you show up at the rich kids' houses with a, pillowcase and you, they just they kind of toss the candy at you because they don't want you too close to them because you look poor <laughs> yeah I, I just that's one of the things i never appreciated like my mom would make my costumes and like i thought it was whack when i was really young but they were really good she'd spend hours making it but like I'm like can we just go buy one you know when you're 10 or whatever looking back at like the care and stuff that went into that Sick. it's like I'm such a dickhead like you know, you know. sometimes it just was too cold. I'd have that on with the fucking, you know, Ralphie from Christmas stories fucking suit over it. And then the mask, it's all you see. <laughs> Casper, the fucking Burlington coat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
Yeah. So, I mean, I we get that. a lot of snow in, at Halloween every now and then. Every few years in Cleveland, like, it just be one of those shit years and it's free freezing by Halloween. But it is a mask. Um, I think that one of the biggest things, that the logo for the show is masks. It's a yin-yang symbol with, you know, happiness, tragedy, and comedy and combination. Everybody knows when you listen to the show, we talk about stupid shit. We talk about serious shit. But recognizing that we are both of those characters at any given moment allows us to embrace our, you know, our individual uniqueness and we can allow other people to see us for who we are. And then they just get a lot fucking more comfortable around us. One of the things that comes with the work that you're doing and that other people are doing in these moments where they're starting to find themselves is, I'm sure you could attest to this, that your friends, friends will disappear. They'll leave. But they won't be, it won't be a fight. It'll be almost like a natural atrophy. Kind of like you're turning an FM radio from 95.5 to 99.9. And they're still on 95.5. You're still in the same fucking room. You're all hanging out. But they are not on your frequency and you're not on theirs. So you don't even fucking cross paths anymore. You're just there in the same space. You're just seeing different things. And that's natural and that's okay. And that's that's what needs to happen. They can turn their <laughs> dial. I'd say that when I stopped drinking, uh, 80% of my acquaintances kind of just well, fell off yeah. because then because because then I would come in and, and not be the miserable person that, you know, I wasn't 40 pounds overweight with bags under my eyes saying, oh, I slept half the day away. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, <sighs> so right, right off the bat, yeah, you kind of get rid of the, 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 not even fake friends, but genuine friends, but they want to hold you down. They, they don't want to see mm-hmm. you go up. And this would be a, a, a perfect segue if I could, um, I was inspired and crying um when i was listening to your, your episode last night with um some couple of weeks ago with, with matt uh zemin yes and matt's an amazing Gary, man. you would and the whole time well not the whole most of the stuff i'm just nodding being like yes yes yeah like agreeing to 99.9 of the stuff this guy was saying because and, and it's coming from a heartfelt place um but the story about your your friend that passed drew and the, the story mm-hmm. about the, the the shrooms and the synchronicity of the, the birthday and all and all that, but saying what an awesome hype man he was, and that just always had to bring you up. And, and you can do this. And and if, if you don't have people like that in your life, or let me rephrase that: the people that aren't the hype men that love you the way your friend did and does, um, get get them the fuck out of your life because 
It should only be fuck yes energy. It should be only the people that think you're awesome and amazing. It's the only the people that say, do whatever you want, shine that light. I love your new haircut. I love that style. Dye it blue, cut it off, do whatever. And the people that aren't mm. that, um, remove them because then, then you get that inner circle of just like, not even like-minded, uh, with the same goal of just connecting this. You know, we, we, a lot of my friends are completely different points of views, um, but we're all the biggest fans of one another. And that's huge. Uh, so yeah, get rid of the fluff and, and keep only those, those hype men around. But the other part of that story that I thought was absolutely beautiful, and I think this is a common thing with psychedelics, is it, it has a, a mind switch. So you were saying that, you, and, and is it okay if I talk about this subject? Yeah, no, absolutely. 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 Oh, I don't want to yeah, just, please. like, who, who the fuck am I to, to No, no, please know, do. Like, friend. it's something like um, a lot of people, a lot, I know a lot of people watch our podcast that I know they don't really talk to me about it a lot, but a lot of people have specifically commented on that. Either they knew Drew or they know me, and it's like a lot of people hit me up after that, and, like, I talked to them about it, and it's, it's helped me continue to help myself and help them yeah, through some stuff, them. too. Well, just the, the fact that, and, and rightly so, you know, if you, you saw him pass away and, and all the hard times that he went through and, and the struggles, but then to be like, well, no, for for majority of his life, he was this amazing, vibrant person that put out good energy and laughed and smiled and, and perpetuated that. So to have it where, one, you were walking around not having that beautiful energy in your life and in your mind, even if, yes, his, he, his body had passed, but you were, you were cutting that out of your life when all you needed to do is have that switch. And I think your life now is, is drastically better now that you're thinking of him in the right light. But what an honor to him. Like mm. he deserves better to not be remembered by the last his fucking way out. Yeah, you know, right. it, it's like, so it's a win-win for everybody where his memory can be properly conveyed and shared and expressed with laughter. And, and yes, there was some loss there, but it's not with a dark cloud over it. And, and it's, it's that yin and yang. It, it's, it's knowing that there was dark with the light, but let's not forget about the light, mm. you know? And then if you're sitting there for two years, just with this darkness about this, this young man who was such an amazing light and energy, and if it takes a psychedelic, you know, shroom trip from your freezer to, to block, to blast that out, uh, what an amazing thing. And that, those types of stories of the person that lost a child and you say, well, how can you turn that into something good? They do. Uh, my wife got murdered. How do you turn that into something? They do. Uh, regretting abortions that I had from two years ago. How do you, eh, like, there's ways of seeing the other side of it. And it's not getting rid of the other side. It's, it's having the other side to make it whole, to make it complete. Because then once it's complete, you can put it in the right compartment in your brain. And then from there, you're not, you're not running rampant about it. But now, like, that completeness allows you to talk to Drew about Drew in the proper sense with, with smiles and like levity and laughter as opposed to just, mm. oh yeah, fucking it was all lost and all doom and gloom. Yeah, and I hear him a lot now, that you know. light is like, he always used to he, be like excited and go, yeah, like he had this big screw, yeah. And then like we all, my friends and stuff, we mimic it often, but you know, I'll hear it. Like when something good happens in my life or when I'm on the right path, like fucking hear it in the back of my head, like, yeah. yeah. And you know, he's just, the guy would just, I've never saw him be angry, really. The only times was like yeah, to so defend those, somebody, you know, he would step humans. in. But he was just, no matter what you were doing, he was way more excited than you. Like, <laughs> it would be the best thing. Like, I made a song. It was fucking dope. He'd be like, you know, that's fucking, we got to get this. We got to fucking go press the tapes up. Like, a t-shirt made. Like, I know a guy that'll do this. Like, well, fucking, I got awesome. a whole plan. Like, that shit is the best shit you've ever made. Like, let's keep it up. Let's go to, right now while we're hot, let's do, let's do the next one, you know, like, or... You know, you haven't made anything in a while, man. You're like bummed the fuck out. Like, well, let's go make some music. Or let's go to fuck pizza joint that you like, you know, or 
You know, he would sense like even not even like over the phone in a two minute call, he'd be like, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna fucking swing through real quick." You know, like and say shit. Like he didn't know I was going through it that day, but he'd be like, "I'm gonna fucking swing through." You know, and he'd come with a joint or something back then when I smoked weed, and, or you know, he'd he'd always show up with like ginger ale because he knows I love this one kind of ginger ale. He'd have it or like. It was just random shit like that. It would be nothing. It'd be a 50 yeah, cent fucking can of pop, but it fucking changed my week, you know? But doesn't that make you, make you, inspire you to be like that person? All the time. And, and I know over the, the course of the last year and a half or two, I try every opportunity that I have to be like, like Drew, I do. And whether it's a simple, um, it, you know, I sent a, a lady that, that I'm friends with on Instagram just saying, your smile makes me smile. No sexual thing. No, I'm not trying to hit on her. None of that. It was just literally, I see her smile and it makes me smile. And, and to say that and, and to, to think about one another. So my buddies, I did and I brought some homemade cookies that my mom made. It's like, I'm leaving the house. I'm like, oh no, he, Sean's going to love these cookies. And, and to just stop and think, my wife's great I want to be that, that person, you know, like I want to, I want to be that person that people are like, oh, Adam's here as opposed mm. to, oh fuck, Adam's here. And for so many years of my life, it was oh fuck, Adam's here. And I get it because honestly, you two wouldn't be friends with me. I certainly wouldn't be invited on your podcast. And if I was around your family and friends, you probably wouldn't want me there. But now I'd like to think I'm in, invited and welcome in most circles because that shit is just, it's, it's just out of my the, system. The other one was but, a character. But it took knowing it. It's yeah. just a character that we build, we create, we play to, we give it value, we put emotions in it. You can offend it. You can do all sorts of wild shit to it. I call it it because it is literally something inside of the pages of a script that you're writing one one day ahead of the release date at any given moment, <laughs> and you're preparing for what you think other people are going to think about your character. It's fucking nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like, just creating bullshit to create bullshit. Like, just not allowing people to live and be people in the moment. Like, people will walk into a room, I call it benchmarking. They're like, oh, I'm fat. I feel fat in this. And like, well, thanks, motherfucker. You're 140 pounds. Everybody else in this room knows that they weigh more than you, but because you had to come in and make the announcement, we all know that it was an announcement for everybody to know that even though you feel fat, we're still fatter, right? It's a weird <laughs> human thing that we like to set it. Now, everybody in the room is looking at that weight as the benchmark for their happiness and their appealing, you know, how appealing they are in that moment. You know, we just do little things to fuck up the environment that we're in. Yeah, they just want everybody in the Most room people. to be like, you're not fat, you're out of my system. system. The other one was but, a character. But look great. Yeah, they want like, that, that yeah. affirmation. And they're yeah. getting it from a fat person. <laughs> Which is so yeah. fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's their audience. They are so, it, people will not even recognize in their own head that they're trying to get some self-affirmation from somebody that weighs more than them because they feel fat that day. And they can. Proves a point. It's so, all relative. Well, again, looking, looking for outside solutions to your internal Bro, issues, that's a you know? So, great place to, like, to end whatever. this. Just Don't look outside, look inside. Why don't you give everybody, um, you know, a plug where they can find your book, um, what they can expect to hear and uh, your social media, that kind of stuff. And then we'll make sure that we put it all in the, uh, the show notes. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for sharing your stories uh, and, and 
but I look forward to listening to more of your stuff. Um, so my, my book's available. It sounds like a radio, but available where any books are. Uh, you know, so it's on Amazon, bondsandnoble.com, Walmart, all that. It's in a couple of cool stores. Um, if you're in New England, it's at Newberry Comics. So there's, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, this is like it's things in like 15 of those stores. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I just put out the audio version of it. So that that's kind of been selling pretty good. Did too. you narrate it? But it's. I oh, did. that's badass. So me and and my girlfriend. So so I have a a chapter written by a, um, a female to kind of put another perspective on DMT, how it related to her life, uh, how it relates to relationships. We, we have a chapter on there about sex on psychedelics. So we kind of use that as part, as a part of our relationship building. Um, yeah, so that, that was a fun project. But um, so, so the book's available. Um, but it's it's really not about selling the book. It's really about having conversations like mm-hmm. this. Uh, I, I want to be able to share my message, hopefully help somebody to be like, fuck, I don't have to be that drunk asshole or that narcissistic dick or maybe lose some beautiful woman with her two daughters because I'm running from all my shit and I'll call, you know, so the, I take away the message. If, if you like my story, it'd be cool if you buy my book. But um, it's really about looking in the mirror uh, after hearing my words and saying, like you said, a couple of you get, you know, beautiful, wonderful, and I'm, I'm okay just the way I am. Yeah, you absolutely are. Spot. And and you know, I ended my book with the chapter "Love Thy Neighbor," and it just come coming full circle from knowing that uh, I hated people, I hated society, I hated fucking myself, to now loving myself and and my place in society and, and looking at people with an empathetic eye. So, um, uh, that was a long winded way of saying you can get my book anywhere, but really, it's the message. And if you want to connect with me, uh. My my emails in the book. I'm on Instagram at books by Adam ba, uh, Adam Butler books and books by Adam Butler. Awesome. Either one of those two will come up. Gary, and, uh, you want to uh, yeah, I'm here. wrap up with anything? No, nah, it's really uh, glad to have you on, and uh, you know that you're open with everything that you've been through. And I think the more people that come on this show or other shows, and you know, people will see you and you know see the tattoos and everything, be like that's a big tough guy. Like a lot of times, people hide behind different personas and they don't want to show a weakness or a vulnerability or tell about one that's in the past. But I think the more people that, you know, say everything wasn't great a year, two years, five years ago, I went through shit. Like I got through it. I think that's what our show is about. And more people need to just open up, tell other people their story and uh, how they've overcame things or how they're trying to overcome things. And um, I think the world will just be better that way instead of uh, us all. And you're not alone. No. Yeah. You know, like, and, and sometimes you just need to hug. and Sometimes you need to offer a hug. Uh, right. And it can be just as simple as having that. But, you know, you have that power within you, too, to offer a hug or sympathetic or empathetic ear. Um, it is an amazing power to know that you have that ability to affect that type of positive change. Absolutely. And it's, a, it's a reciprocal thing that can just keep flowing. Genuinely appreciate you coming on here. I like your, your strength you. and vulnerability is commendable. Um, the fact that Thanks. you uh, understand that we're not the sum of our experiences, we're not defined by them, we simply learn from them. There's no such thing as time. You can be a different human at any given moment. There's no rules that say you have to be the asshole you were yesterday or the, the weak person that you were yesterday. It's so fragile. I just described it. Everything's a character. Rewrite yours. You're given the autonomy to pick your story. We just think we don't have the ability to do something different. You grow to a mold, you're going to be that mold, right? You're going to grow to a fucking bunt cake. Don't be a bunt cake, right? Grow to the, good. 
What's that? Bunk cake is good. <laughs> <laughs> but reach your full potential, not the potential that somebody else told you you have. Right? Yeah. That's their limitation, Beautiful. not yours. And I appreciate your strength and the fact that you're being, I always say it, a lighthouse. When we, you know, operate as ourselves in the best manner that we can, we guide other people to their destination so that they can be themselves. So I appreciate you being that human. Um, you as well. Remember, everybody, uh, today I'll just go ahead and uh, call it out. Adam is wearing one of our affiliates uh, into the AMTs. He's got a great shirt on right now. Love it. I have that shirt. So um, <laughs> if you want to support the show. And they glow in the they dark. They do, man. Some of them glow in the dark. Yeah. Fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I love I love graphic tees. I, I couldn't afford them when I was a kid. And I always wanted them. And then when I ditched the suits and left the corporate world, I fell in love with into the AM. And I just started buying their yeah. tees like crazy. Um, and they fit they nice. Do, they soft. don't shrink. They don't, nothing. They, they're just perfect. Like this <laughs> is, this is like an unplanned commercial, but I'll <laughs> take it. Go uh, hit us up on the website. Go to our sponsors affiliates. Click on into the AM. They've got tons of cool deals right now. And now they do like fucking Henleys, polos, sweats, activewear, all sorts of stuff. So and oh, they're wearing sweats. Yeah, you can also head over to. Uh, <laughs> Um, to our sponsor or to our donate link for PayPal and um, excuse me, buy me a coffee. I'm not good at plugs. I hate them, but I'm trying to do it right now. Suck at it. Anyway, go give us your money and help us keep doing this shit. And uh, remember, everybody, be cool and cool. Man.